You're listening to the Promised Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Aaron. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. Is there anybody in church today that would say, I can give one night a week to see my region come to know Jesus? Is there anybody in church today that's expectant that 2022 is going to be a year unlike previous years, but God's going to do something different this year than he did before? Come on, I believe that this is the year of a harvest. I believe that this is the year where many of you who are stuck in the same patterns of familiarity and comfort that you're going to break free from those, and you're going to begin to see God do wondrous things in your life. Come on, let me ask again, is there anybody here who can say, I can give one day a week to seeing God move in my region. One day. My brother and I were in, in, in Texas a couple of weeks ago when we, we were spending some time with a man by the name of Tom Rotolo and he was telling us a story about people. Was it in Russia? Ukraine. In Ukraine. And this pastor would take teams of, I believe, 100 people and 100 people would, would basically take vacation for two weeks. They would all take vacation together and they would go to a city, large cities, and for two weeks, all they would do is go and be a light to the world and they would preach the gospel and entire cities would be changed in the matter of two weeks with a hundred people. That's not very many. A hundred people could change an entire city in two weeks. Imagine a church like this that could give one day a week for six months, for three months, for a year. Imagine what could happen in a city and in a region. Imagine what would happen if Christians like you and like me would stop looking at evangelists and pastors to be a light to the world and realize that God gave you the light. You're the light. It's time to shine. Some of you are looking at me like, don't look at me. You were not saved to have a good job and to come to church. You were saved to stomp hell and advance the kingdom of God. That's why you're saved. You're saved to know him and then to tell other people about what you know. You aren't a school teacher just to teach children. You're not a construction worker just to build a house. You're not a mortgage broker to just sell loans. You're not a real estate agent or a nurse to just do your job. You were put on this earth to advance the kingdom of God. The Great Commission was not to build stadiums and preach the gospel so decision cards could be made. It was to make disciples. How do you make disciples? By you and me being a disciple maker. You're called to make disciples. Preaching the gospel is easy. You can do it for five minutes and be done, but discipling somebody will cost you your life. Oh, I know you're busy. And I know you got things going on, but it's about priorities. And I choose to set my priority to being advancing the kingdom of God before anything else on my list. Is God first? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things, what are all those things? That's called a successful marriage. That's called good children. That's called finances and relationships. All these things will be added unto you, but seek first the kingdom of God. Some of you are all scared. You're listening to Pastor Chris talk about this, and you're like, I don't know if I can do that. I'm too scared. That's not my personality. I'm, I'm, a, I'm somebody who just likes to, like, um, welcome people into my home, and, and, and I'm, I'm a hoster. Did you know that in the Belong team we have people to host? We need people to make food so when people come in that there's food for them to eat so that they can come in with full bellies because there'll be people who will coming in hungry. Well, well I, I'm, not, I'm not somebody who can just go out onto the street. See, David did not run from the giant. He ran towards the giant. He ran towards the giant. Let me say it again. David was a shepherd. An ordinary, common shepherd. His brothers didn't like him. They didn't understand him. It's believed that he was actually, his dad had him with, a, with not his wife. If you read through Psalms, 
So he almost was like an illegitimate child. His father was probably even a little embarrassed by him. He didn't even bring him when the prophet came to anoint one of his sons. Ordinary, common, forgotten. Yet he realized one thing, that if God is for me, who can be against me? And when I hear Goliath, when I hear the world talking about how my God is not the answer, when I see people broken and hurting and needing life and needing hope, I'm not going to stand back like the rest of the Israelites being like, oh, will somebody come? No, I will run to that giant. We need some Christians who will run to the giant. He's giving you stones, stones of remembrance. Well, what do I throw at the giant? Remind him of the miracles where God has been faithful time and time again. Just the word of your testimony will defeat the enemy again and again and again. I'm talking about fasting today, but this is a lot more entertaining. Because I'm looking at all of your faces like, don't, you're all scared. Many of you, many of you, and I understand it because I've been there, many of you have not told somebody about Jesus for years. For years. And you're scared and you're intimidated and you're looking for the next person to do it because you don't feel qualified, you don't have the right words to say. You look at missionaries and you look at pastors and you look at evangelists and you're like, they got it all figured out, why do I got to do it? You have forgotten the principle of the kingdom of God, which is this, is that you are a son or you are a daughter, regardless of title, regardless of occupation, regardless of skills, you are a son or a daughter of God. And way before you are a citizen of the United States, you are a citizen of heaven. Thus the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. So let me ask this question again. Is there any Christian in the church today that believes that 2022 can be a year much different than previous years? That can believe that there can be a harvest when the church begins to step out in faith? I'm going to say some things today that we're going to rub you the wrong way if you don't love Jesus. I'm going to say some things that are making you feel very uncomfortable today. Wow, the presence of the Lord just left the room. <laughs> Thanks, babe. That's called a buzzkill right there. Nope, nope, you can't bring it back. You're already done. Nope. That was the Lord saying, move on, son. I hear you. <laughs> God's like, I gave you a word. Preach it. So with that, I want to say this, is that this Friday, in Longview, we have Friday night worship. Thank you, the one person. This Friday, in Longview, we have Friday Night Worship. If you're wondering why I am the way that I am, why Jonathan or Chris are the way that we are, it is because for seven or eight years, we went every Friday to Friday Night Worship. Every Friday, we missed movies, we missed vacations, we missed basketball games and football games because we were hungry for Jesus. If you are desperate for an encounter in your life, you're like, I'm tired of the mundane. I just need to hear God. I'm telling you, you got to do something different. you got to get outside the norm, out of the comfortable, casual approach. If you come on Friday night to our Longview campus, I'm telling you, I promise you, you will encounter Jesus. I promise you, you will encounter Jesus. You must be willing to do something different than what you've done. And if you're like, well, I live in Vancouver, great, so do I. I will drive 45 minutes to go to Longview because I'm hungry for God to move. Not just, not just in my life, but in Longview and Kelso, in Woodland, in Vancouver, La Center, Kalama, Richfield. I want to see him move, and so I will intercede and I will pray. I will come expecting for God to impact my life and the world around me. But we need to see a church that gets outside of the norm and the comfortable way of living and steps out and says, okay, God, move, I'm ready. So Friday night at 6 o'clock in Longview at the campus, come. I don't care whether you live in Camas, Portland. I want to see God move. I want to see revival come. I want to see salvation come to this region. And I will be inconvenienced for it. I will change my schedule for it. I will go to sleep earlier for it. I will do things differently. I believe that God is looking for people who will put him first. 
those are the people that he responds to. Focus. Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, it says this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone." Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. Come on, everybody say, be gone, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. In in the Gospel of Mark, we see this story again. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 12, it says, The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with wild animals or beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. On January 10th, we are going to be starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. At the Promise Church, every year we do a time of fasting. Now, maybe you've never fasted. Maybe the idea of fasting sounds crazy to you, extreme to you. Maybe you've done it for just two days or three days. But I want to encourage every single one of you. I don't care if you're visiting today and you'll be gone forever. You should join us in this 21 days of fasting. It will mark your life. It will change your life. Fasting marks you for eternity. And this morning, I wanted to answer three questions. Who should fast? Why should we fast? And what happens when we fast? That when you fast, a supernatural exchange happens is you deny your flesh and you receive the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that your presence is here. Father, we thank you that no one came here, God, for any other reason except to meet with you. They didn't come here for a great tradition. They didn't come here just to go through the motions. God, we came here to meet with you. So, God, we ask that your presence would be here. God, where your spirit is, there is freedom. So, Lord, we thank you that you are in this room. We ask for freedom and transformation. God, that we would hear you clearly. God, that you would transform our lives. And we would leave here never the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You were created to connect with God. The title of this message is Prayer and Fasting, Connecting to God. Being disconnected from God is hell. Hell is actually separation from God. Hell is not defined by burning fire, although it will be there. Hell is defined by separation from God. And there are many watching and many maybe in this room who are living in hell today and you don't even realize it. Many thinking that if I can just get the next nice new car, I will finally be happy. If I can just make more money, if I can just look more beautiful, if I can just get married, I will finally be happy. But nothing can satisfy like Jesus. The Rolling Stones at the height of the pinnacle of their career with wealth and fame, they begin to write a song. I just can't get no satisfaction. They had everything. Bono. What did Bono sing? I still haven't found what the heck I'm looking for. And yet he had everything. Bon Jovi. What did he say? I just want to live while I'm alive. These are guys who had everything that you wanted. And yet they still were not happy. If the medical community could somehow find a way to succeed and create a way for you and I to live hundreds of years, never die. I can tell you this, that the greatest cause of death would be suicide because people, no matter how long they live, would still come to the realization that it is empty and void in this world without Jesus. 
But I have good news for you. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, and an angel stood at the entrance of the garden and, and waved a sword, preventing anybody from coming, God knew that 4,000 years later there would be another tree, and on that tree would hang a man who would be the Messiah, and his blood that was spilled would cover your sin and my sin. And for those who would submerge themselves into the river of life that flowed from his body would find eternal life, thus being able to connect with God again. You and I were designed to connect with God. And when you connect with God, you find freedom and you find transformation. In John chapter 15, it says this. It says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. And my father is the gardener. Now watch this. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. Let me say it again. He cuts off, there was no amens either time I said it because you all got really scared. He cuts off every branch, everyone, even the good ones, even the ones that look real pretty, even the ones who've been in church for hundreds of years, even the ones who raise their hands and who give their money. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Praise the Lord. I thought he only pruned the ones who were bad. No, when you live a life of fruitfulness, get ready because he's pruning you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Being pruned lately, you're like, dear God, I thought it would get easier. No, he disciplines those that he loves. You start bearing fruit, get ready because he's going to get you ready to bear more fruit. Verse 3 says, you are already clean because the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branch. Come on, remember who you are. You are the branch, not the vine. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If you go a little further down in verse 16, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Now watch, this is the fruit that matters. Fruit that will last. There's a difference. There's different kinds of fruit. The fruit that he's looking for is fruit that lasts. Eternal fruit. Fruit that changes lives. Fruit that doesn't look like a new car. Fruit that looks like lives discipled and changed. Sometimes we think that somebody knows the Lord because their life is successful. There's a lot of successful people that don't know the Lord. Fruit that lasts are eternal fruit. He is the vine and I am the branch. And we are required to bear fruit. In fact, it is the indicator that you are actually connected to God. It is what is the indicator, which I propose this way. If you are not bearing fruit, what are you connected to? Because the word says this, if you do not bear fruit, he cuts you off. I told you I'd say some things that make you feel uncomfortable today. How do you know if you have an access point in your life where the enemy can come in and take residence in your life? It's when you're connected to the wrong thing. See, I see people who are tormented by things that the gospel says we are to be free from. Let me say it again. I see people in this room. I meet people regularly who are tormented by things that the gospel says we are to be free from, yet they struggle with it every day of their life. And they will blame the church, they will blame God, but it has nothing to do with God and it has nothing to do with the church. It is that they are connected to the wrong source. See, when you are connected to the vine, you must disconnect from other things. When you are connected to God, there are things you must disconnect from. See, my iPhone, 
Which, by the way, my brother, I know we've all been interceding. He finally got rid of his Android. He became a Christian, and he got an iPhone. Can we just celebrate the Lord? He is worthy to be praised. No more green things. It's now all blue when we text each other. My prayers have been answered. If you have an iPhone, and I plug an Android cord, which I would never have one, but if I did because I was at my brother's house, and I tried to plug it in, it would not charge. Because it's plugged into the wrong power source. And Christians wonder why they are losing power in their life. It's because you're not connected to God. Why do I keep losing my faith? It's because you're not connected to God. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. Why am I losing my authority in my life? Why am I losing my sanity? Why am I losing my trust and my belief? Why am I losing my convictions? It's because you're not connected and your power is decreasing. So when COVID comes, you're like, ah! Because you're weak. You're not plugged into the source. Whatever you are connected to, that will be the fruit of your life. See, in this day, we need to remember Jesus' words when he says, if you do not bear fruit, you will be the branch that is cut off, that is withered and burned. People in church don't like this type of message because it makes them start really like investigating their life. Like, oh dear God, am I creating fruit in my life? Let me say it again. Branches that do not bear fruit, Jesus cuts them off because they are withered and then they are burned. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. It doesn't say if you love me, you will believe in me. The devil and the demons believe in God and it means nothing to them. It says, if you love me, you will follow me. You will do as I do. That's why he says, you will do even greater things than I have done. The connection to the vine is not through me as your pastor. It's not through the prophet on YouTube, the subscription that you pay, the downloads and the messages you watch. The connection to the vine is through daily personal encounters with Jesus. Daily encounters with the Lord. How do I stay connected to the vine? Daily encounters with Jesus. Now, all of us encounter God differently. All of us have different ways of connecting with God. And we're going to begin to teach you as a church different ways to connect with God. Because I can get up here and tell you how I connect with God. But that doesn't mean that's how you're going to connect with God. But you connect with him through daily personal encounters with Jesus. Imagine going to a restaurant, a steak restaurant. And you go there and you're starving. Which, by the way, if you go to a steak restaurant, you should be starving because you want steak. And you get there. And everything looks good. The server comes over. You begin to order your sparkling water with lemon or lime because normal boring water, no one wants. So you get the sparkling water, and then you order the salad and the calamari, and you order appetizers because you're hungry, and then you finally get around to, I want my steak, and I'm on it medium well, obviously. <laughs> Thank you. Then... The server leaves, and they come back, and they bring your water, and you gulp it down. Then they bring the basket of bread, cheesy bread, garlic bread, lots of butter and the oil, and you eat three or four slices because you're starving. Then they bring out the salad. You eat your Caesar salad. Then you begin to eat the calamari, squid, praise the Lord. And then you realize, I'm full. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They bring out the steak, and you're like, I don't even have room to look at it. And so you take three or four bites, you ask for the box to take it home, but it's not the same reheated in the microwave. This is what Christians look like. We get so filled up on the appetizers, we never actually partake of the true entree, Jesus himself. 
We get so filled up on my message or my brother's message. We get filled up by the YouTube that we watch and the great message. We get filled up by the worship that we're listening to as we're driving to work. But the true entree, the steak, is Jesus himself. And all those appetizers are meant to bring you to a place where you eat the steak. The problem is, is you get so filled up on all those appetizers, you don't got room for Jesus. Oh, I feel great, Pastor. Your message was awesome. I I just got me through the week. Let me tell you something. It ain't that awesome. You need Jesus tomorrow. Oh, you don't understand, Pastor. I had an amazing encounter with God last week, and it's just getting me through. No, if you say that, you are missing it because you need the steak every day. You need daily encounters with Jesus. You were designed to connect with the Lord. One of the best ways to connect with Jesus, one of the best ways to reconnect with Jesus or stay connected is prayer and fasting. When you fast, one of my favorite things about fasting is when you fast, you hear God. When you fast, you hear God. Jesus is fasting and the devil comes to tempt him and he says, Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What he's saying is, I'm living on his word. I'm living on the word that he is speaking. Isaiah 58 says this, Is this not the fast I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that every yoke shall be broken. God chooses a fast that breaks the burden, that removes the heavy yoke, that sets the captives free and breaks the power of wickedness in your life, which means if you are struggling with sin, you should fast. If you need oppression, lift it off. You should fast. If you need the weariness to be broken, if you need answers, if you need to hear God, you should fast in your life. There is a supernatural door that is opened up when you fast that releases supernatural activity into your life. Jesus gives the prerequisite to salvation. He says this, if you want to be my disciple, you must first deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. This is what a disciple looks like. And it's the prerequisite to salvation. I don't know if they got that. It's the prerequisite to salvation. Like eternal life, what you all hope to have. It is this, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Fasting is the essence of denying yourself. A disciple, a disciple is defined as one who denies. And in our weakness, he is made strong. So the first question is this, is who should fast? Who should fast? Disciples. Any follower of Jesus should fast, which means all of us. Every single one of us should fast. The Pharisees came to Jesus and they asked him, they said, well, why aren't your disciples fasting? And he said, don't worry, they will. Don't worry, my disciples will fast. To be a disciple is to deny If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a disciple is to deny. That's why the Great Commission said, go and make disciples. This is why we're doing belong with what Pastor Chris was talking about. That we are called to make disciples. That we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That every single one of you should have something stirring in their heart as they're listening to that invitation from Chris to say, this is what I was born for. And if it is not, I'm telling you, you're probably connected to the wrong source. Because if the invitation to be a light to the world doesn't move your heart, then you're most likely not connected to God. Because if you are connected, you will have a heart like his. And you will long for the lost like he longs. You will pray and intercede for salvation like he does. You will weep over brokenness like he does. You will love the needy and the broken and the hurting like he does. If your heart is not moved to come to belong and to be a discipler, you might not be connected to the right source. And there's only one God, so if you're not connected to him, I told you I'd say some things you might not like today. He says if you are connected to me, you must bear fruit. 
It's not a game. Not a game. This is not some social club we come to so we feel good about ourselves. This is a group of people who come together to get filled up so we go be the light. This is not where you are the light. You don't come to church to be a light. You do not come to church to be a light. You come here to get turned up. Everybody get turned up. That was my uh, Gen X reference there for the day. Get turned up. Turned. That's Gen Z. You turn, and then you go, and you be the light. Jesus says, if you are my disciple, this is what you will do. You will deny yourself. We are really good at denying God, but we are really bad at denying ourselves. Peter denied God three times. So many in this room. We get in the habit of denying God. But we don't deny ourselves. We try to preserve our reputation and we try to preserve our dignity. If you keep your dignity, you will lose your intimacy. If you keep your dignity, you will lose your intimacy with the Lord. We see this with David and his wife. David brings the Ark of the Covenant back in to the city of the Lord. And he's prancing in his underwear. Dancing, twirling, the way many of you men do in your bedroom every morning. With worship music on before the Lord. I'm, I'm sure of it. All of you must do it. And you're dancing there. And David is there without fear. He doesn't care what anybody thinking. Now the entire, the entire nation of Israel is watching. And yet there's the king in his underwear. And his wife is watching from the tower. And she despises him. Look at this. When David, in 2 Samuel 6, when David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls, of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. This is the way many of us respond when people get all crazy in worship. What if we worship like David did? And David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father. Or anyone from his house, which would be her house, when he appointed me ruler of the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. By, but by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children till the day of her death. Because when you despise a move of the Lord, it will cause you to be barren. I don't mean naturally. I mean spiritually. When you try to preserve your dignity, you will lose intimacy with the Lord. Fasting is denying your flesh that feeds your spirit. Fasting is how you grow by saying no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. We're really good at saying no to God. Everybody raise your hands. Nope, not going to do it. Everybody shout. Everybody breathe in the Lord. Everybody stand to your feet and lift your hands. Not, not, I have, I've had people over the years who come to me and they're like, Pastor, you know, when you say to do those things, I just really don't want to. And I'm like, thank you for your honesty. But as long as what I'm saying is biblical, you should probably do it. And if it's not manipulative and it's biblical, then you should do it. We have a really hard time to saying yes to God. And we have a really easy time saying yes to the flesh. This is why fasting is so amazing because it causes you to grow in both areas. At the same time, you are denying the flesh and you are feeding the spirit. So who should fast? All of us should fast. Everyone who follows Jesus should fast. The next question is, why do I fast? Fasting is a primary way you grow and become spiritually mature. It's how you become spiritually stronger. 
Let me say it again. Fasting is a primary way you grow and become spiritually mature. It is how you become spiritually stronger. I recommend fasting before any major decision in your life, before you say yes to that job, before you move your family. Before you say I do, you should say I don't and say no to food for a few days and seek God whether you should say actually I do. Because when you fast, as I said at the beginning, you hear God. Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. The two are opposed to one another. This is why flesh things are so easy to do and spirit things are difficult to do. In, in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, it says, when I am weak, then I am strong. So this is why you grow when you're fasting, because when you become physically weak, you have to rely on your spiritual strength. And if you're not strong spiritually, that's why you must rely upon the Lord. Because when I am weak, he is strong. And now people will say, well, I, I can't fast. I've had people come to me and they're like, you don't understand, I can't fast. And I would tell you, you were created to fast. You were created to fast. In fact, when you fast, it's guaranteed that the devil will attack you. See, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, God had them in the garden. He said, you can eat from any tree. You can roam wherever you want to go. You can name every animal, which I really don't know where they came up with rhinoceros. I was just talking with my kids about this or one of my kids. But I was like, how did God, how did Adam come up with that name? But he said, you can do anything and eat from any tree. But there's one tree that you must not eat from. There's one tree you must fast. There's one tree you must fast. And all of a sudden, the devil comes and begins to attack them. Why? Because he's attracted to dying flesh. Let me read it for you. In Genesis chapter 3, it says, Now the servant was more crafty than the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say? Which, by the way, is the first lie the enemy will try to come. It's what he did to Jesus while Jesus was fasting. He's going to say, Did God really say? Did he really say you were forgiven? Did he really say you were supposed to be a disciple maker? Did he really say you were supposed to be free from that? Did he really say you were supposed to fast? Day four, day five, when you start this fast, the devil's going to come to you. He's going to whisper. Did God really say you were supposed to do this? This seems extreme. God wouldn't ask you to do this. This is foolish. You like food. Did God really say? And he says, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. So she took the fruit, she ate it, she gave it to Adam, Adam ate it, and they chose not to deny. God said deny, and they chose not to deny. God said fast this tree, and they chose not to fast this tree. If they had chosen to deny themselves, they would have remained in the presence of the Lord. Because they chose not to deny themselves, they were removed from his presence. If you do not become familiar with denying yourself, if you do not create a lifestyle of denying yourself, you will eventually find yourself distant from the presence of the Lord. But I have good news for you. He made a way. He made a way. He made a way so that we could come back into the presence of the Lord. When he died on that cross and he tore the veil from heaven down to earth, he made a way for you and I to come back into his presence. One person is excited about that. God designed us to originally fast. This is why when we read Matthew chapter 4, where it says the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness to fast. See, Adam chose to deny the Spirit, and he didn't deny the flesh. But Jesus chose to deny the flesh and followed the Spirit. And the Spirit led him out into the wilderness to do what Adam could not do. You were created to fast. So what happens when you fast? Fasting unlocks supernatural activity and spiritual sensitivity. Fasting unlocks supernatural activity and spiritual sensitivity. I, 
I have fasted numerous times in my life. Every time that I fast, something supernatural happens. I fasted over relationships. I've talked previously about how my brother and I, we both fasted about our relationship with each other because we were just at odds. We were like oil and water. We each fasted for about three days, not knowing the other person was doing it. And all of a sudden, our relationship changed because the supernatural was activated. We have fasted over things, big things in our lives. We fasted over our children. We fasted over getting an answer for things. Every time that we fast, God speaks. It unlocks the supernatural. When you fast, it unlocks the supernatural activity and spiritual sensitivity. In Mark 1, 12 through 13, it says, The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. Why were the wild beasts there? Because they were there to feed off of dying flesh. Right? Satan was there. The beasts were there, and the angels were there to minister to the Lord, but the beasts were there to feed on him. Right? All you hunters in here know what I'm talking about, right? You go get your kill. You got to dress it, and you got to get it out. Because if you don't, all those, and how do you like my, my hunting reference right there? It's 2022, baby. You're welcome. Because if you don't get that dead animal out, the beasts will come and destroy that kill. They will come and eat it, so you got to remove it. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. They're apparent, unless you're living in the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred and discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. And I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is why in 1 Peter 2, 11, it says, abstain from the things of the flesh that war against your soul. But see, the beast didn't know that there was no flesh on Jesus. And so Jesus let the beast come really near. See, if you study the word beast, you, you, you research it, it says that beasts mean non-sacrificial animal. See, this is really cool. It means non-sacrificial animal because Jesus was the sacrifice. Jesus was not walking in the flesh. He was following the Spirit, and he was offering his flesh to the Lord. See, there's two things you can do with your flesh. You can either let the beasts of this world feast on it, or you can offer it up to the Lord as a sacrifice. This is why it says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not giving my flesh to a beast. I'm giving it up to Jesus. This is why when I'm fasting, when I have a crucified flesh, I don't mind beasts of this world, demons and darkness coming near. Because when they come near, I can stick them underneath my feet and put them back where they belong. Because this is the life of somebody who's a victorious saint. This is the life of somebody who fasts. This is the life that God chose for you. This is the supernatural result of somebody who denies themselves to follow the Spirit. And the word says that angels were there to minister to him. As God's up in heaven, he sees his son fasting and he sends heavenly hosts to come and to minister. When you fast, heaven begins to minister to you. When you fast, heaven begins to minister to you. And you begin to see heaven invade earth I don't know about you but sometimes church doesn't always look like heaven sometimes there's so many demons running around it looks more like hell people walking in flesh beasts feeding on them pride, jealousy, envy Jezebel and for many of you in this room you've had presence of the Lord, the joy of the Lord stolen from you. It's been taken from you. And I believe that during this fast, that things are going to be returned to you that the devil has stolen, that the presence of the Lord is going to be returned to you, that joy and peace and hope and faith are going to be returned to you, that boldness 
for I believe for many of you men, all you men, look at me. Boldness has been stolen from many of you. You've cowered. You've cowered to the noise of the world, intimidated to not lose your reputation because you're tired, because your job doesn't allow for it, because you're too busy. And I believe that during this fast, that the boldness of the lion of the tribe of Judah is going to be stirred inside of you. We are not going to be silent anymore. Now, some of you are like, well, I don't know if I want to do that fast. That's fine. You can go through the motions for the rest of your life, or you can come to a realization that says, I'm not going to play this game. I'm going to be the light. I'm going to change the world. I don't want to look the same. They said of the disciples, these men have turned the world upside down. Imagine what they could say to a church of people who begin to act like him, walk like him, talk like him, react to people like Jesus would love people, like Jesus would create their schedule, like Jesus would work, like Jesus would talk to people who vote differently than them like Jesus would. Welcome people in their home, disciple them, bring people over in the evenings to talk to them about Jesus. Set aside one day a week where they come and intercede and pray for salvation, then come and go out on the streets and then disciple people. Imagine what would happen. I believe that many of you during this fast, you're going to realize I don't just want to fast one time a year. I want to fast as a lifestyle. Some of you are wondering, well, what do I fast? Like, so you can fast all food and drink only water when you do water fast. You can do a juice fast, which I don't recommend, which is way harder than a water fast because all those sugars will just destroy your body. You can do a Daniel fast. You can eat every other day, but you need to fast. I'm here today to ask you to join us in this fast. Some of you have stayed in the same place for year after year after year, struggled with the same sin year after year, been tormented by the same issues year after year, not hearing the Lord yet again, and you're stuck. It's time to grow. It's time to move forward. It's time to take a step deeper into the Lord. And I'm telling you, one of the best ways to get connected to God is through prayer and fasting. This isn't just about not eating. It's about spending time every Every single day with Jesus, connecting yourself to the power source and getting filled up with faith and hope and love and boldness so that you can actually be who Jesus created you to be. So I'm not here to single anybody out. But I'm here to ask you to fast with us. I don't care what you fast. Fast something. It must be food related. Don't fast social media. That's called self-discipline. I fast social media all the time. I actually download social media like eight days out of the year so I can post something and then I re-delete it from my phone because ain't nobody got time for all that garbage. God wants to minister to you. He wants to send angels to minister to you. Today, if you want to be ministered to by the Lord, I want you to ask, I want to ask you to stand to your feet and just to lift your hands to a holy God this morning. Right now, just stand to your feet. If you want the Lord to begin to minister to you, begin to lift your hands to the Lord. Jesus, Jesus. God, we don't want to continue to go through the motions. We don't want to continue to play games. God, we don't want to go through the same habitual sins year after year like the Israelites circling the same mountain for 40 years. God, thank you for bringing us out of Egypt. Thank you for the freedom you gave us. But God, there's a promised land. There's something greater. There's the glory. That's the next glory. God, we're ready for. So God, take us further. God, we choose to lay down our flesh to you today. We choose to lay down and deny ourselves to you today. Hold on real quick, hold on real quick. If you're in the room this morning and you, you're realizing, man, as, as I'm hearing about fruit, as I'm realizing I've been connected to God, or at least I thought I was connected to God, but my life has been quite frankly been immaterial to the kingdom of God. There is no fruit 
There is no harvest connected to my life. I've been just playing games. I've been playing it safe. I've been living in fear. I've been being a casual Christian. And I'm ready to make a difference today. I'm ready to make a change today. If that is you and you're saying, I'm ready to step forward. I want you to get out of your seat right now. And I want you to come to the front. And I want to pray over you. Right now, get out of your seat and come to the front. There are many of you in this room. Right now, come out of your seat and come up to the front. You're saying, I am tired of going through the motions. I was meant to be as bold as a lion, not to live in fear. Come on, men, this is what I'm talking about. Come on, there's more of you. There's more of you. Come up right now. You're saying, I am ready to actually represent Jesus in my life. I'm ready to deny my flesh and follow the Spirit. If you've been allowing your flesh to control your life, your wants, your likes, your needs, your desires, and you haven't been following the Spirit, come to the front right now. Come on, I'll give you another 30 seconds. It's time to deny yourself and follow Jesus. If you're saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to choose something different for this year. I don't want to continue to be the same, but I'm ready to be used by God. I'm ready to be brave. I'm ready to be courageous. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live in discouragement. I'm not going to let my past define me. I'm ready to say yes. Come up right now. Yeah, come on. Come on. There's more women. Come up. Come up. There's more women that need to respond. Can you just lift your hands? Those in your seats, follow with us. Would you just lift your hands? Just lift your hands. If you came up, come on. We're going to say yes to God. Come on. Unless it's unbiblical, just do what I say for a moment. Lift your hands. Lord, we pray every chain be broken in Jesus' name. Every bondage of wickedness be broken in Jesus' name. Power of sin be broken in Jesus' name, we can have some prayer ministry team people come up to the front to begin to pray. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. We yield to you. Come and have your way. God, I will not go my way. I will go your way. Lord, today, I lay down my flesh. Today, I lay down my desires. I lay down my fear. God, I choose you over me. God, whatever you ask, I will do. Whatever you ask, I will do. God, I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. Come on, will you just begin to declare it? Will you begin to declare it? Those in your seats, would you begin to declare that our God reigns? Come on, will you begin to declare it over 2022, over your family, over your children? My God sits on the throne. My God will not be defeated. My God is victorious. My God is the same. 